How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoli. Shoots, he scores! Yeah, this is it. This is what we do. Battling through it and finding a way. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hello, everyone. Of course, last time we were like, oh, we'll be back in two weeks for real. And then we lied again. It has been a month, almost exactly since we last recorded. It is now 2019. So big changes for the world in that way. Um, How are you doing so far into this new year, Diane? I am doing wonderful. Um, I always like the fresh start of a new year. Also, it's like been raining. So that's another sort of metaphorical sort of washing away of the old (laughs) and bringing in of the new. I'm like, yes, I'll take it all. Um, But yeah, it's been great. How has your 2019 been? Pretty good so far. Really busy. I'm not like a huge fan of rain, actually. So the next like four days where it's just supposed to rain constantly are going to be a little rough for me from a patience. But I do like sort of the metaphor of like the cleansing of everything. Um, It feels like we need it in terms of sports. (laughs) The Kings (laughs) continue to do the same old stuff. Uh, But I'm great. Watching the Kings is kind of a different story. And now that we're halfway through the season, I guess that's kind of the biggest question is, how do you feel about where the Kings are and where they have to go from here? Are you still excited about parts of it? Have you completely given up even watching them? (laughs) What's going on for you there? I have surprisingly kind of ebbed and flowed. So a little bit before I had kind of, I had given up watching just a little bit because I was just so mad and sad about it. But we Man. have now crested into a different area where the Kings are just bad this season, right? Like that's just right. what it is. <laughs> so I kind of like and don't mind watching uh, Kings games now. And I've picked it back up a little bit more just because if they do poorly, it's like, well, that's to be expected. They're staying the course. Um, I shouldn't have expected anything else. But if they do well, well, what a happy surprise for me. Um, And that's an odd way to be thinking about the Kings and watching the games. But here we are, 2019. Yeah, totally. I'm in that same vibe. I mean, it's like if they do well, I great because I like to watch them win. I like when it seems like they're having fun. But then also if they lose, I'm like, oh, great, because I want you to stay as close to the bottom of the league as possible at this point. <laughs> now that we've passed the halfway mark, because I do want you to get a top five pick and start moving towards the future of this team, which I think, if not a total rebuild, should be a pretty extensive retooling. Um So it's kind of strange. It's not like I'm rooting for them to lose necessarily, but I'm also not rooting for them to win too much because we're so far into the season. Yeah, it's a weird bargaining thing that you have with yourself. Like, do well, but not too well, um, because you don't want those players to, like, lose any sort of trade value they have or anything like that. So you still want the Kings to perform well. Uh, But yeah, not get too far ahead when it's essentially meaningless at this point. Like the Kings are obviously aren't going to make the postseason. Like what is, what are these games for honestly, except to show off some of these players skills uh, for potential trades. So yeah, it's a do well, but not too well uh, sort of mentality right now for me too. 
I think it's also worth noting that some of their winning, like when they started to put together a few in a row, came with a bunch of guys on IR and out of the lineup. So I think also part of me, even though I love still a lot of these veterans, you know, because of past experiences and just who they seem to be as people and their personalities, um, the having the younger people in the lineup and letting new guys come in and figure it out, like you're seeing flashes of what could be and this is still without kind of top prospects that they've gotten in the last couple of years especially not yet in the kings lineup because they're still in junior or um you know still developing in the ahl or whatever or like gabe lardy who's been injured um so it's kind of i don't know it kind of feels like this double thing of like looking towards the future but also feeling really sad because i want the people (laughs) who i have been invested in up till now to continue to do well and it's just um not working out so it's like the stages of coming to terms with like it's time to say goodbye to a lot of these guys yeah it's really hard because we've devoted so much time talking about them and thinking about them and a lot of like emotional and mental energy dedicated to them and their careers and their careers with the Kings um, that there have been times in the past couple of years when it seems that it might have just been an off season for the Kings where I would have been like, oh, don't trade, you know, XYZ player. It's too soon. This is a bad season. They'll, they'll like, they'll jump back. Um, they're uh, integral to the Kings and they need to stay and like, don't don't you dare get rid of them. But now, because the Kings have been doing so poorly and uh, we can see what like new blood has done for the Kings or just like a new group of people, I'm I'm opening up to the idea of, you know, getting rid of some of my favorite players who I love so much. And at any other time, I would have been like, I will be devastated if they leave. But now I'm just like, well, if it's for the good of the team, then it's for the good of the team. And uh, off you go. Yeah, I think part of the torture is almost the fact that it hasn't happened yet. So yes. <laughs> mentally, I'm like, I'm preparing for it. And every time I watch certain guys do really good things, I'm like, this could be it. This could be the last time. <laughs> and this is like every game where I'm like half in mourning and half like, just do it already. <laughs> just put me out of my misery. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. If like you look back and you're like, oh, this is the last slap shot that they ever did as a <laughs> right, Los yeah. Angeles king. We're like, this is the, you know, like something real dumb like that. Um, we, Yeah, we're definitely prepping for not the worst, just the change. I always think that I'm fine with change. I guess not, because yeah, this does not sound rough. good to me. I think, a, you know, a good example of that is, so right now, they're at the time of our recording, Sunday morning, they are coming off a win um, against the Penguins. They played them Saturday night. They won 5-2. But Jeff Carter had, like, three points in that game, I think. Yeah. Um, and he is definitely one of the people where I'm like, if they have an opportunity to move him for some good assets, they're going to do it. And I love Jeff Carter so much. And I love watching him. And he hasn't been... I mean, most of the team has been off this season, so he hasn't been producing the way he could be or the way he used to in the past. But he's someone who, like, when he's on, he's really fun still. And it's going to be hard to say goodbye to someone who, when he was traded here, brought us uh, so much excitement and, you know, was part of so much success with this team. So, like, these recent games, it's kind of like, thanks for giving us moments of excitement when they happen, but it's also me thinking is this it will this be the last game that we watch 
See, as you said that, though, I was like, oh, no, I think I'd still be in Camp Devastated. I think he's one of those people where I'd just be like, oh, no, how dare you break my heart <laughs> yeah. like this, King's Organization. Uh, but yeah. I would get it. But I'd be mad about it. <laughs> it would hurt. It's gonna hurt. Um, and because they play the Penguins, of course, that means that Tanner Pearson was back in town and he was talking about the team and one of he made one particular comment that shouldn't have stood out to me as much as it did but it did um because he was asked about the fact that the season hasn't gone well and the kings eventually like trading more assets the way that he was traded and he said quote you know when i was there there was a lot of stuff going around and in this day and age of social media it's hard not to look at it but it's part of the business like you said and some guys don't really have much say and i lucked out coming here here he means pittsburgh um but no, it would be weird next time playing them. It could be a different team, but I don't know. And just kind of him saying and probably thinking about the fact that, like, next season, the team that he was on, like, the team that he was really familiar with and then a lot of these guys who will eventually be moved or really familiar with could be not entirely, but pretty foreign to them. <laughs> and I was thinking about, like, how strange that's going to be for fans. I mean, fans go through it all the time whenever there's sort of a changing of the guard. But even for the players, too, like all of these guys being scattered to different cities in North America, kind of when they come back into town to play Los Angeles, are like, we. this was a place that was really familiar to us. And, you know, we knew everybody and felt like home with the fans. And then they come back and it's like everything is different. Like, it's, it's going to be a strange couple of years ahead, I think. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny because it is it is a little bit uh, a long time coming sort of deal. So, like, when whenever the Kings play, you know, the Devils, everyone always mentions, you know, their 2012 uh, Cup Final, of course. But in, like, recent games, I think they said something like one or two people who were on that team are still on the current roster, whereas that's right. a very different look for the Los Angeles Kings and has been for, like, a little while. Like, a lot of these big cup teams have seen huge changes and the kings haven't to that degree or to the degree of other kings so i guess we've been sort of like complacent with like oh but you know the nostalgia of this like wonderful team that brought us so much um we've been a little bit behind the times in terms of switching things around as compared to other folks in the league who have more actively sort of been like okay well that was then this is now we've got to make moves um it's probably high time that the kings do the same mm-hmm. absolutely uh they are we're still waiting so like the flip side of that is the thing of like just do it is i'm slowly getting to that place where i feel a little frustrated with the front office because they still haven't indicated what their intentions are um so i've heard i mean i say i've heard i was listening to kingsman podcast and he was talking about it he had heard jesse was talking about how he had heard that um, at the end of the season, the Kings might buy out Dion Phaneuf. So that's one move that may happen. And of course, that'll be delayed because it's got to wait for the offseason. But other than something like that, I haven't heard a ton about what they're looking at, what they're looking for. And now that it is past the half- halfway mark of the season, I'm kind of like, all right, we should have some inkling. <laughs> about what this team intends to do they're not going to make the playoffs have they has management fully let go of that idea and if so what's next and we still don't have any indication of what that is yeah that's very true because you're right as we sit here and say just do it we're also being like well 
what are we just doing? Like, just do what? Right, exactly. Like, we don't know. We don't know where we're going through. We don't know what we're trying to acquire. I can, like, idly dream about stealing players from other teams. But I'm like, is that what the Kings are trying to do? Is that even, is that, like, so far away from what the Kings are thinking about that I should stop having this hilarious pipe dream? Um, yeah, there really is no, no clear, not, no stated direction. I mean, maybe, very possibly, the Kings have some plan that they're keeping mum from the for this time being maybe to not show their hand but the fact that we don't know is deeply frustrating because it just makes it seem like nothing is being done or nothing's going to change so it all just seems kind of meaningless or hopeless I suppose if we don't know what the kings are looking for or where they plan to go yeah, exactly. Like, what are we strapping ourselves in for? Is it just a few changes? Is it more? I hope it's more because I think the fan base and all of the people who cover the Kings are like, all right, it's kind of it's time to really shake things up. But so far, we're still waiting on literally any word from Rob Bra- Rob Blake and his friends, <laughs> his yeah. coworkers. I think we're so, all yeah, we're all strapped in and ready to go. We're just waiting for like when or where or like we're we're on board. Like I'll say that now. Like I'm on board. I'm ready for this. Uh but I'd love to know like what where I'm jumping out of the plane over. You know, like are we going exactly. over uh the United States? Are we going over we're getting a lot of skilled young players? Are we going over like, you know, uh stay the same course and we're gonna get some veteran old guy? I'm not strapped on for that one, but, you know, that's Ooh, if that's yeah. the, where the Kings are going to go, that's where they're, they're going to go. But, uh, yeah, it would just be nice to know. No more old dudes, please. <laughs> please. That is the oh, fan no. slogan of the offseason <laughs> is hashtag no more old dudes. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. Oh, man. Okay, so right now the Kings record 18-25-3 for 39 points. They are 30th in the league, not quite last because the Philadelphia Flyers are overachieving and underachieving right now. Um, The Flyers are like 1-7-2 in their last 10 games. They finally won one (laughs) after losing (laughs) a lot in a row. So pretty rough. The Kings are benefiting slightly from their failure. But in general, the Kings not making too much headway. They, of course... One against the Penguins, um, and that was a fun one because they don't often score five goals, and they did. Uh, Jonathan Quick got his 301st win in the NHL, make or t- making him tied for fourth among um, U.S. goaltenders all time with Mike Richter, who coincidentally was his childhood hero when it came to goaltending. So that's pretty wild that he will... Almost definitely, like unless something happens to him in the next couple days, almost definitely pass (laughs) Mike Richter and have more wins than, you know, the guy that he looked up to coming into the league, which is is pretty awesome. Like there is, it seems unlikely that the Kings would trade a Jonathan Quick, but if it comes down to it, it is still really cool to have seen him kind of accomplish so much and um best even like people that he looked up to and you know make history kind of as an american goaltender in this league uh all while with the king so some some small bits of joy <laughs> tucked into this season of a lot of question marks do you think they'll trade him i mean i was gonna say you're remarkably calm for the idea of a non uh la king jonathan quick i i don't know is the thing <laughs> i don't No, I think if they were being totally objective and really diving into 
remaking this team, they would, especially because we've seen that Jack Campbell, like they have done a great job. Like his save percentage was like 800 and something when he got traded to the Kings system. And they've done a really good job of sort of building him up. He played really well during that short stint before he got injured. And also Cal Peterson has been playing really well. So there's an opportunity for them to move Jonathan Quick and still be okay in that while they like remake this team. But I don't know. Jonathan Quick is such a cornerstone of both the leadership on this team and just this team's history for the past decade plus (laughs) Um, that it's hard to imagine that they would let him go. Yeah, I I agree. I just uh, that's another thing, though. If they're going to do it, I'd like to be prepared. Just let us know. I would. Yeah, I would love to see Jonathan Quick stay with this team. I think he's still I'm not like there's always been that debate about whether or not he's elite or whatever. And I'm not saying he's the best goaltender in terms of technicality or whatever. Goodness knows we have seen him (laughs) mess things up for himself enough behind the net (laughs) that he is not perfect. But I still think he's the most exciting goaltender in the NHL. And so if he is gone for my favorite team like that would be so hard for me as much as I like the other guys it would be hard to see Jonathan Quick be as entertaining as he is on someone else's team yeah no I I don't want ever to root against him I know like the we're always telling him to punch a person and Mm -hmm. it would be less enjoyable if he punched someone as a member of a rival team (laughs) so (laughs) I'm only rooting for uh Wild's Jonathan Quick when he's a member of the Los Angeles Kings. That's it. Yeah. Like, I I don't really want to exist in a uh, a world where I have to see Jonathan Quick as a villain instead of a messy antihero for the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> I just, I really like this, you know, situation we've carved out where he is a hot-headed mess, but we cheer for him even though he's crazy. <laughs> It's I do miss, I do miss how much he would just like, ri- get like so riled up, just like throwing nets, throwing people, <laughs> like getting so close to the red line, just being like, yo, you want to go? It like, it warms my heart. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't want to see him leave, um, but they got to do what they got to do, I guess. So I'm also kind of, I'm bracing for everybody. And anybody who's not like locked in with no trade clauses and what not, um, and is not named Andre Kopitar. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what could happen. It could be anything. It could uh, be anything. Point is, probably while he's still in a Kings uniform, he will pass Mike Richter and become the fourth winningest U.S. born goaltender in the NHL. Which is pretty cool. Um, the first is Ryan Miller with 374 wins. And unless, you know, his, unless Jonathan Quick's groin explodes, <laughs> there is a potential that he could be among the top guys. That would be pretty cool uh, feat for him. I think he can do it. I think his groin will last. Yeah. <clears throat> what a weird statement so. to say, but I think his <laughs> groin will, will persist. <laughs> I've considered Jonathan Quick's groin, and I've decided I believe in it. (laughs) It is willing and ready to join the tops of the ranks. (laughs) Oh, man. So he is playing pretty well right now. Uh, Oh, also, speaking just of injuries and whatnot, a lot of guys have come off AR, IR, sorry. 
players who have come back from IR, Ilya Kovalchuk is back, Kyle Clifford, Carl Hagelin, and Alec Martinez just came back. So the Kings are still waiting on Trevor Lewis. And then, of course, Johnny Brodzinski has been out for a while, and he's still no timetable on what's up with him and his shoulder. But most of the other guys are healthy again, which is good in terms of trade season is here, but rough in terms of choosing the lineup for the Kings every night, because that means a lot of the younger guys who were starting to come on and figure out their game are now having to be pulled in and out of the lineup, which is rough. Like for Alec Martinez, like they didn't have Sean Walker in who... Um, has been pretty good, like, watching him. He's been a lot of fun. He scored his first goal twice in the same game because it got called off the first time. <laughs> uh, he's been interesting. He is an AHL All-Star this season, and he was scratched because Alec Martinez was, was healthy. So who knows? They'll. That's the other thing about this. That also makes it kind of feel urgent. They're like, that it's like, okay, make some moves because now you – you can't even keep the next gen in the lineup because you're, you know, seeding it to all these veterans, which makes sense. But at the same time, you got too many guys. <laughs> yeah, it, that's true. It's like, I mean, we love those players, the veterans. They've, you know, earned it. They've put in their time. But also that does suck that they are not giving these young guys a chance to to really do something. One cute thing, though, is like Alec Martinez was asked about coming back from injury, and he talked about how the guys who had been out uh, formed a group chat of called the IR All-Stars <laughs> and <laughs> to keep each other like company and entertained. And it's so he was talking about like as people get healthy, they've all slowly graduated, which is, I don't know, kind of adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see what all of their sub- well, like, everyone's little, like, sub uh, chat groups are. Yeah. Like, if, like, the the defensemen have their own little uh, group chat. Or if, you know, like, here are the IR All-Stars. Or, like, whatever little sects of uh, Kings players have branched off to create their other, like, different little group chats. I would love to know that. Oh, please. I, I need it so bad. It just seems really fun and funny. Um, Kind of... In that vein, in terms of just, like, how this team interacts, Cal Peterson and Matt Luff were on the Spit and Chicklets podcast really recently, and one of the things that they talked about was just, like, what the vibe is being up in the NHL with the guys in the room, and they were talking about how, like, for the most part, they get chirped a little bit from the veterans, but in general, like, that the guys in that locker room are really nice and really funny, and the Kings have been pretty insular over the last few years with them opening small windows now that Lombardi and Sutter are gone who are like super protective they've we've seen a little bit more of their personalities and fun side but it's just like them talking about like yeah those guys are funny and like cool to hang out with and whatnot just makes me wish we saw more we, I want more insight like as much as we've gotten this season with like Teddy Talks and you know Carlin uh, her locker room questions and stuff like that I'm always like but let me see even more, please. We say this every time, and I think secretly we just want like a Big Brother style reality show of like what's going <laughs> yeah. on because we're just like yeah. nosy and we need to know. So um, we will accept whatever breadcrumbs, but what we really want is just 24 7 streaming. Yeah, pretty much, basically. So the other thing, of course, is this. Penguins game was Star Wars night at Staples Center. And so 
Austin Wagner talked all about how he's like a huge Star Wars fan and he loves Yoda and he was asked which of his teammates could be a Jedi and first he said Matt Luff but then like quickly took it back and nobody followed up on the why there and I really wish I knew why was he like you're perfect and then actually you're the opposite of perfect um but he's a fun one I like seeing the personality of the younger guys too and it makes me hope they also like over the holidays you know the kings have their like secret holiday parties um and so the younger guys have been more prone to like posting on instagram and so you see glimpses of like what they wore and their matching pajamas and stuff uh so i do hope too that as we see stuff change up the young guys will carry on traditions started by the veteran kings but also be a little more forthcoming to show like the silly things that they do together because they do look like they seem like they have a lot of fun Yeah, they seem like a fun group of guys, so you might as well show the world how neat you are. Um, And what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, So for the whole Star Wars thing, I love that he was very obviously truly thinking about who would be a Jedi to the fact that he would would take back the fact that Matt Leff would be one. Because, you know, if if someone gets asked a question like that and you're like, oh, whatever, like, oh, this person, you kind of just... Even if you don't really think that that's the case anymore, you're like, that's fine. I'm going to leave that as an answer. I don't need to get... Who's going to overthink this? Not me. But Austin Wagner is apparently like, no, I need to be accurate. Like, this is... uh, I take it back. He would not be a Jedi. This is very serious business for me. I'm going to seriously consider this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's fun. I like him. Every time I see him do something, he just seems like a guy who is really good energy uh and likes to laugh and is down for anything like him being at the whatever season ticket holder signing that they had and uh having jack campbell sign a shirt for him because he was like jack campbell you're my favorite player uh he's adorable i love austin wagner um so other than the kings playing their games and winning and losing and mostly losing. Uh, there was also my favorite time of year, the World Juniors recently happened. Yep. Uh, and, it, and it was actually pretty great for King's prospects. Rasmus Kupari, who was the first round pick from this past draft, the 2018 one, won gold with Finland. So great for him. He played really well, although it took him a long time to get a goal. Then he finally got one in one of the later rounds and did like the whole monkey off his back celebration. Uh, so some some good stuff there from him. And then Mikey Anderson was the captain of Team USA, and they um, lost to Finland in that last game, so they won silver. And I think um, it's just a reminder, I guess, that there is there, there are some worthwhile talents in the pipeline for the Kings once they kind of make room for them and make way for this future. So it's not like even as they start retooling, they are – it's completely from scratch. Like they do have some viable people coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Like Jared Anderson Dolan, who we all loved when he did his like short stint before seeing back before being sent back to juniors, he played for team Canada. Canada was upset by Finland before the medal rounds, but Jared Anderson Dolan played really well. Gabe Velarde would have been on that team Canada roster as well, but he re injured himself. Um, and he's been having those on and off issues with his back. He has been now shut down for the rest of this season to try to let his back heal. And so after his 
junior team, after their season finishes, there's a small chance he could go to the AHL and play there a little bit. Uh, but I think for the most part, people just want to make sure he heals because he right. has a high ceiling if he's healthy and he's just been kind of riddled with injury. Yeah, let's not let's not bust him up before he's really had a chance to to make a difference or play any games. Uh, there's no need for him to rush into it at this moment. So I'd rather him just sort of like truly and properly heal. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they do think that he has so much potential, just make sure he's healthy and then he'll come back into his own and, you know, continue his development. Then I hope he does because people were really excited about him when the Kings drafted him. So I want to see what he can do in the NHL. Hopefully he gets to play. (laughs) Not be just like this injured person all the time. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, uh, but yeah, that was a good. It was a good chance to see all of these folks play in like a big high pressure situation on such a large stage. And this is like so the Kings have nice things <laughs> waiting for them. If only they would get rid of some of their old players. Yeah, they they have an opportunity to change to turn things around. I think if they. Do this the right way. So really, my literal only two wishes for the back half of the season (laughs) is that the Kings stay in a spot where they can get a top five pick in the draft. And also, more importantly, like even if they if they go on some streak for some reason and end up just out of that lottery picture, like I just want to see Rob Blake indicate some decisions can be made that are good for the future of this team and not just like things that he does to patch things up or to hold the Kings over or that seem like recycled things that he picked up out of a slush pile for <laughs> from Dean Lombardi, you know, getting Kovalchuk and Fnuff and stuff like that, like things that other people wanted to do. Let's, I want to see what Rob Blake's actual vision is. Cause I don't know what it is at this point. I don't know what he likes. I don't know what he's after. So I would yeah. love to learn that. Yeah, as much as, you know, at the end, Lombardi was frustrating in his choices and what he wanted to do for the the Kings, at least he had a vision. At least he yeah. there was some sort of, like, consistency or plan, and, and you could very obviously see, and I think he was very open about saying, what he looks for in a player or what he deems valuable. And whether we agreed or not, that's fine. I knew where he was coming from. I knew that that was where it was going to go. So when that wasn't working, I'm like, well... Very clearly, we've got to get rid of Dean Lombardi. Um, but here, it's just we're, we're left trudging in like a fog or a haze without any clear indication as to, to where anything's going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's totally easy to knock Lombardi and Sutter in retrospect. But when Dean Lombardi was in charge, like you said, he knew what he wanted. He got what he wanted. And it turned into championships for this King, so, Kings team. So it worked out. Um, I don't know what Rob Blake's identity is as a GM, and I really would like to, or I need the people in charge to realize that they need someone who has a vision if he doesn't have one. So I think it's definitely like a big, big moment for Rob Blake here. Yeah, here's his chance to shine. Come on, like, see, at this point, he really has like a from scratch team a little bit, you know, like, or a from scratch, um fan base I will say like anything goes at this point I think people just want to see change so if he makes whatever change he wants to and it we get a good team I mean he's gonna be lauded for it so uh, yeah. take a stand do something Mm-hmm. all right here comes the fun part now 
And by fun, I mean the part where we look at the standings and see the teams that Kings players could go to. Oh, no. (laughs) Unfortunately for us, several Pacific Division teams are at the top of the league right now. In, so number one, of course, is Tampa Bay, who is 10 points ahead of the next, the second place team, which is Calgary. And then it goes Calgary, San Jose, Vegas, all really close together. So they can, they'll probably leapfrog each other for the next little bit. Um, and then the Capitals are fifth. And then the Maple Leafs are sixth. And the Jets are seventh. Nashville, Boston, Pittsburgh. So probably that top 10 is where you're really going to look and maybe even that top five. I assume the Kings do not want to, if at all possible, deal to teams in the same division as them. So you have looking at like teams that might trade with the Kings, you have Tampa Bay, who who I love and who are amazing and score a ton, but do also allow sometimes a lot of shots and will give up a good three goals a game (laughs) sometimes. Um, They do have some weaknesses on defense, so they could need a defenseman. The Capitals, of course, the reigning Stanley Cup champions right now, still playing pretty well, but have some areas where they could look for some improvement. Toronto, we could see someone go to. I think they're another team that's probably looking for a little bit more defense. Um, I don't, I mean, (laughs) of any of these teams, are there teams you would be okay with seeing Kings players go to? I'm fine with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I feel like they would be well cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, Calgary seems cold, so no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I care. For- these yeah. are these are boys that have been in Los Angeles for many years now. Um, right. <laughs> I know that some of them are you know proper Canadian boys and whatnot, but I mean, come on, that's like pretty drastic. Um, hard no on San Luis. San Jose, and an even harder no on the Golden Knights. I think I am still bitter and just like a big no thank you. I just like want to take a big red pen and put an X through that. Um, And I'd honestly be fine with Washington or Toronto. Um, Yeah, I think at least so those are like the top six. Winnipeg, I have very little opinions on. Nashville would be fun. Boston would be okay. They could p- play with your uh, your pal, Charlie. Love me some Charlie McAvoy. I love a number of Boston players. And I feel like there's some people the- there's some people in the Kings who are used to playing like a big physical game that could, right. you know, could end well. up on Boston. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I think probably in terms of team makeup, that's the easiest fit for current Kings players. Uh, but I I. If Alec Martinez has to go somewhere, wouldn't it be great if it was Tampa? (laughs) It's kind of how I keep thinking. Um, But they also, Tampa did just trade, like, do a smaller deal for, uh, they sent, like, a defenseman or something. Like, they're they're thinking about it. They haven't made a big move yet, but they're clearly thinking about what they need before the playoffs Oh, I'd be fine with Alec Martinez being on the Tampa Bay Lightning. He would be... He would be very happy there, (laughs) I think. Or I would be happy for him. great. It yeah. would be wonderful for me to see. Uh, so there is that. Calgary, I just, I don't want them to go to any other team in the Pacific Division. Like, somebody was talking about how, like, of course, the Calgary has been having some goaltending trouble. Like, they've been playing very well, mm-hmm. but their goaltending is not ideal. And so I saw some people talking about the idea that maybe the Kings would send Jonathan Quick there. But I super oh, don't want to see that. bite your tongue. I never no. want to see it. 
Never. Uh, so yeah, so some some interesting things happening. The Capitals have taken veteran Kings players in the past and have yeah. you know kept them for like a year, and good things have happened. So we might see something like that again. The way that they took um, Justin Williams and then Mike Richards, and I don't know, some other Kings could be following in those footsteps. Toronto, I I don't want Toronto to win the Stanley Cup. Is really my only thought. But I guess if Kings players have to end up there, that's I'll deal with it. It's okay. Well, I don't want the I don't want the Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup either. But I'd be fine if they were eventually on the Maple Leafs themselves. Yeah, like well, the team, like just... them them being on like the team doesn't bother me, but. Sorry, I'm not going to root for you guys to win because I don't yeah. want that to happen. And I, I guess that's more what I mean. Is like the more that Toronto has players that I like, the more emotionally I'll f- I'm worried that I'll be like, eh, maybe it'll. No, they can't. I don't want to root for the Maple Leafs <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. I don't want to do it. I like watching Austin Matthews score goals, and that will be the bulk of my investment. You I just want you just want team. that to be like the one shining light and that you're like there can't be yeah. more otherwise you're gonna tip too far to the other side and become like all of a sudden you've got a maple leaves jersey and like all of a sudden <laughs> right. you're like doing all these things i can't i just like like I-, I like that it switched because it was just like all right it was phil kessel and then right. he was gone and uh, he was, was your the, he was he was the one shining light, and you were free from having to go see the Kings play the Toronto Maple Leafs, which we did for the sole reason of Phil Kessel. Yes, um, <laughs> and now it's been replaced with Austin Matthews. But it's it can only be a one. It can only be one. No, and I mean there are other players on that team that I like. Like I like Delander, I like Kapanen, but I don't. I'm not emotionally invested in their success or anything, and so I don't want the Maple Leafs to acquire more people whose emotional, like I'm emotionally invested in, because I don't <laughs> want to root for them. I just I don't want it to happen to me. So many complicated feelings we have about trades. Some logical, yeah. some definitely not. Yeah. Nashville would be rad if if players ended up there. I don't know. Nashville, if I'm totally cool with actually. Yeah, I assume yeah. obviously that Nashville will try to make a push because they're in the top ten, so they have a chance to try to make a deep run again. Uh, so it would be interesting if some people ended up there. That could be fun. What if people, more people, went to Pittsburgh? They're on the top ten. Oh, I don't. I don't want them to win again, but I wouldn't hate having to watch them. That makes sense. And also, yeah. Tanner Pearson would have a friend. Exactly. He'd have a friend. <laughs> he wouldn't be lonely in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, I know. It's so funny how you, and I mean you as like the collective you because it's me too, like worry and hope that they're doing okay or doing all right, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. once they've moved on in such like a very silly way because these are grown men who are professional <laughs> right. athletes, have a ton of money, are, you know, pretty personable and are like he's like they're all fine. They're doing well. <laughs> Yet here we are hand wringing over do you have friends? Are you lonely? <laughs> I mean, you spend so much time with your coworkers. You, you. I would hope that you have friends there. <laughs> um, Tanner Pearson, like the Penguins, came to LA a date early, and so he got to go like hang out with Kings players and have dinner with them. And it was like, oh, his family. <laughs> I know it's it's, it's very sweet. It's funny though because I, I don't know. I always think that the Kings 
they do seem very like family oriented when it comes to like their teammates and stuff like everyone gets like very enmeshed in everyone's lives i think because everyone also like lives very close together as part of that same community and and all of that so i just and this could very this could absolutely be just like la king's bias in my head because that is who i watch and that's who i follow but sometimes i feel like that's not the same for other people like they seem to have Mm -hmm. separate lives and they they hang out and they have dinner and like they do all these things but maybe and maybe we just don't see it and so i'm you know totally talking out my ass but sometimes i feel like the kings like they really just kind of get intertwined with each other so i always want people to come back and visit and be like oh old family it's good to see totally i think that's why that tanner pearson comment like stuck out to me because if this team changes that drastically and there's a really, I mean, it should, and there's a good chance that it will, uh, the th- things that they had sort of built together that were comforting to them and, you know, all of the team dinners and stuff like, and, and parties and whatnot, all that stuff might stop <laughs> because those guys won't be here anymore. And so it's like interesting to think of them like building this little community with each other and then all of that just goes away because the personnel changed so much, which happens, but it's just it's just like if you're the kind of fans that we are where that matters yeah it's like it's it's a little rough (laughs) that that's the part that hurts the most i suppose or that's like the saddest is uh the breakdown of like that the the not the off ice community um and if that completely changes that's like oh that's a rough one Mm mm-hmm yeah, um, it's the, all of that just reminded me, though, about, like, drama ha- happening with other teams. Oh, my so... gosh. Should we talk about the, like, ooh, I don't know, the Dallas Stars? Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which so is the most wild. wild thing I have ever seen. I was like, uh, did the Dallas Stars become last in the league when I wasn't looking? Because, <laughs> <know>. Jesus. <laughs> What in the world? Um, you think, you know, your culture and your team is one thing and you're in this together. The next thing you know, someone who's part of the people in charge, your CEO, is like calling you horseshit. <laughs> like, what in the world? Oh, man. That is insane to me. I also feel like it might have given a boost to other teams being like, hey, we ain't so bad. Um, yeah. Except for, for maybe like the senators who still are so <laughs> right. like, but like everyone else is like, oh, we're actually doing all right. We're okay. Our culture is not as bad as maybe other folks. Yeah. So. And I saw some stat last night. Like since all of that happened, Ben Sagan and Radulov like have the majority of their points in the last few games. I think in the last five games they have like. 19 points I want to say I don't have it in front of me I would have to look again but I think it was about 19 points total in the last five games between those three players the rest of the roster five assists no goals <laughs> in the same span <laughs> so I don't that was that like on top of no Chanel wild, that's horseshit that's absolutely <laughs> they're playing terribly that was but like on top of it just being wild that any person in a management or executive position will call out specific players like that for it to be those two players who maybe are producing less than they have in the past because they were both like in contention for like the art ross trophy in previous seasons are still the leaders on their team like it's like it would be like if the kings were like this team is garbage but you know whose fault it definitely is andre kobitar the points leader yes (laughs) why would you ever say that it doesn't make 
any sense. It makes no person. sense. It's it's like if you want to say people aren't producing, people aren't players aren't producing as they sh- like they should. Uh, you know the the team needs to be doing better or whatever. Uh, the play the the team is playing like like horseshit. Like that's not the best, but is not as like absolutely incendiary as calling out your top players by yeah. name and saying that it is their like personal fault that the team is doing poorly. Like, can you imagine if people fixed their mouths to say that the Oilers' <laughs> problems are Connor McDavid? <laughs> like, it is absurd. Why would you do it? And yet, Jim Lights really did open up his mouth and hold an interview so he could rant. And I love how he made sure to say, like, this is on the record. Or, like, please <laughs> yeah. post this because... It's like, I'm so mad about it. I want people to know and I'm signing my name to it. Um, Like, this isn't a through the grapevine sort of deal. This is like, here, let me give you the press release. Um, That is, that's just horrible. Like, poor Dallas Stars at this point. Yeah. Yeah. They're poor fans, too. Poor fans, yeah. Like, nobody wants that turmoil. I just want to see my team play well. (laughs) I don't want to see you complaining, (laughs) blaming the wrong people. Also, like, this is, like, a funny time to do it, like, in the middle of the season. Yeah. I mean, I understand someone doing, like, a hindsight 2020, you know, the season didn't shake out the way that we wanted to at the end of the season. I'm disappointed, blah, blah, blah. These two players, like, you know, it's it's harsh, but it happens a lot at the end of the season uh, when people get a chance to see everything as a whole. But, like, what is it? Dallas is 15th right now in the league. Yeah. Not the worst, not the best, certainly, when they have, like, some of the players that they do, but certainly not so bad that this would need to be something that had to be said in the middle of the season. Um, yeah, exactly. It is just mind-boggling I, to me. I think even when it happened, they weren't much lower. They were, like, maybe no. 17th. They were in the, like, they were average, league average. So that means they still have, you know, some potential to be better than that even. Yeah. Maybe still make the playoffs in a wild card spot. I don't know. And third in their division. Who knows? And for them to just get, like, roasted <laughs> by uh, the CEO was crazy. Yeah, that was, I was both, like, I was sad for everyone, but I also just, like, couldn't help laughing. It, like, sort of, like, car wreck status at what was going yeah, on. For sure. Just because it was so crazy. Um, yeah, it it was very... That was one of the more interesting sort of, like, public relations things that happened uh, this year. The other thing is a little bit more recent is uh, Sergei Bobrovsky was kept out of a game like basically a team suspension for something that happened that no one is talking about what it was just that there was an incident maybe after a practice or right after a game i think Mm -hmm. uh and then he was kept out of the game and then they said the issue was resolved and that's it and i found that surprising because he's been such a key piece on that team but then also aggravating because nobody said what it was and like so when teams suspend their own players it could be anything from like he was late to a meeting right to like he did something awful and punched a teammate in the face and we just don't we don't know we don't know and i find that kind of dumb on the part of the team and then the NHL, and then also like the reporters in that city. Like, I think fans deserve to know stuff like that because if it is something violent, for instance, or just like, 
hateful or whatever it was like to me that's of public interest you don't want your fans to keep rooting for somebody who might be just the worst (laughs) yeah i think that's and if it is something so meaning well it's very obviously at this point not something so meaningless um i loved sort of like panarin's did you see panarin's quote on it no i didn't which was just like he just said no comment i'd be glad to gossip but i can't (laughs) all right (laughs) and i'm just like excuse me you open your mouth right now oh wow he's like an interesting one too because there were like the the reports that he had requested a trade or something like that and now it's like maybe he won't go anywhere I don't know. Some interesting things happening in Columbus. Yeah, that was... It, it's interesting because I also see people like, okay, obviously they're not going to say anything. Everyone needs to stop hounding them. But I kind of think we have a right to know. Because if they're going yeah. to call it like an incident or something like that, then, I mean, I feel like that's something that should be reported on. Because you're mm-hmm. right. What if it is something totally terrible and we're all just kind of like twiddling our thumbs being like oh should we give him like the benefit of the doubt is this just like a a weird like internal thing that you know maybe someone's like wording was bad and things got blown out of proportion blah blah blah, whatever like but what if it is truly awful i've been watching a lot of criminal minds so a lot of weird things are coming into my head but a lot of theories i got a lot of theories about incidents obviously it's not going to be anything that i'm thinking of but, uh, yeah, like, I think the speculation is also bad, you know, because it yeah, it, it could go way more drastic than even the situation is for for all we know. Yeah. And even if it even if it does end up being a pretty pointless thing, like they should say that, too. I think it is I think it's of interest for the fans in case it's really bad. But I also think it's important for the NHL to really establish like what like a ranking of severity, you know, because they will do the same thing. Oh, there was an incident and we handled it if a team, if like if they're late to a team breakfast or something and they personally suspend them and they may or may not ever tell fans that that's what happened. Um, they, we have seen like a pattern of teams in this league making a big deal out of stuff that is, you know, professional errors and, you know, in terms of uh, like, timeliness or not wearing the right attire or whatever but then being weirdly frivolous about serious criminal cases and being like well we just have to let it play out and i think having stuff like this where it's like like turning a big mystery or making a mystery out of something that may or may not warrant it it just makes it confusing and convoluted for fans and spectators and to, to know what has meaning for this league like what is a big deal to them um and so when they offer more insight and are like more direct about what's going on i think it's beneficial for everybody long term because now people are like well i don't know what to think about sergey Borovsky. is the organization being ridiculous here or did he really do something and we just yeah. don't know yeah just any sort of clarity about that or consistency i suppose in communication would be wonderful but Somehow I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. No. And it's just really annoying because I'm like, it's <laughs> it really leagues, annoying. We get the sourcing and it's just not happening here. And I think that is embarrassing <laughs> for media in the NHL. Yeah. And like at this point, I would expect something to have leaked a little, you know, like someone to have done a little whisper here and there. But like, there's not really anything. No, not at all. Um, all right. I think that is 
most of the shenanigans that have gone on. Is there anything else on your mind about the Kings or about the rest of the league before we wrap it up here? Um, no, I think I think that's it. Uh, there are a lot of sh- shenanigans happen happening around the league, uh, and some of it very dramatic, but. That doesn't seem to be happening too much with the Kings. They're just in their own bubble of not being good hockey players, which True. is is okay with me at this point. Like I'm I'm okay. I've come to terms with it. So um, I think just like what we said before, I'm just hoping that there's some sort of indication as to the direction the Kings are going. Um, more once again, this is like a more communications thing. We've got you know the Dallas Stars owner just like run in his mouth and here i am trying to shake rob blake being like say something anything now's the time right. <laughs> tell Almost me now anything. <laughs> um, that's about me that's about it for me how about you yeah i think for me my next by the next time we record i would like to have some indication of what the king's plans are like i whether it's that they've actually moved someone or that trade room like rumors of talks have picked up literally any sign <laughs> of what's to come that's what i want for the by the next time we record but my actual parting thought is that nikita kucherov is so great oh boy here (laughs) we go (laughs) he has (laughs) 75 points in 45 games (laughs) he is amazing i hope he wins the art ross i hope he wins the heart trophy i hope the tampa bay lightning win the stanley cup which is what i'm going to keep saying all season (laughs) Um, And so I just want everyone to dig deep, everyone on the Kings, I should say, to dig deep, find their inner Nikita Kucherov, and then express it if you're a veteran just enough to get you traded. And if you're a rookie or like one of the younger guys, enough to get you a regular roster spot. That's what the Kings should strive for. (laughs) So 2019, new me, a.k.a. B Nikita Kucherov. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Okay. As Nikita Kucherov as possible. Gotcha. I will I will take that into consideration for myself as well. I do not need to score any goals in a professional hockey game, but you know, I'll use those same ideas and try to try to channel them in my everyday life. Yeah, I mean, look, in the game the other night, he somebody sent him a pass and he stopped it. I think you meant to catch it like with his skate, but he stepped on the puck. And a normal person, myself, if I accidentally step on something, my ankle is twisted, I'm falling down. <laughs> That's what's happening. Not even on skates, just walking yep. down the street. Um, he did not fall and, like, grossly injure himself. He, in fact, made a play with this puck. So all I'm saying is we should be as aware and resourceful as Nikita Kudrov in our lives because we'd all really benefit yes, from it. Yes, this is our, our parting, like, Mr. Rogers type uh, <laughs> call-off. Yeah. Call what a wonderful way to end this episode. Everyone... <laughs> Thank you for listening to uh, yeah. our Kings podcast. Please be more like Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, yeah. And also maybe, I guess, Snoop Dogg, but because he was great oh, at calling part of the game. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that along with that one SNL skit where it's like, uh, yeah, everybody do hockey. Um, I, want, <laughs> yeah. I want random people to do play-by-play. Snoop Dogg was perfect. Yeah. I would like Snoop Dogg to call the All-Star game. I would like Snoop Dogg to call more games. Oh, they should absolutely let him call the All-Star wouldn't game. That, oh, that would be so Wouldn't good. that be amazing? Um, yeah, that looked like the best party yesterday for Star Wars Night and Snoop Dogg 
was. What, like, what a wonderful ambassador for the sport of hockey. And I'm being perfectly, like, I'm being totally honest here because he has just, like, yeah. genuine enthusiasm for the sport. He doesn't try to pretend that he's been, like, a hockey fan for years. And he's, you know, he's just like, hey, it's cool. I like it. I'm all in. I'm yeah. a Kings fan now. Uh, I mean, let's like, do this. The thing is, he has been a hockey fan for years, though. Like, he's, like, been a huge like I think part of the reason that he did that particular night is because that like that dude has been like a Sidney Crosby fan well yeah <laughs> before Sidney Crosby came into the yes. league <laughs> um, okay that's true uh, but I guess he doesn't try to be like Mr. Expert about it right you right, know? right. like he's so coached like, very... like his kids football yeah it's just like a very genuine uh interaction with the, the like the hockey community and I find it like utterly charming which is weird to say about Snoop Dogg uh doing play-by-play for the Kings but it's been mm-hmm. extremely charming yeah yeah he did those like uh I didn't watch all of them but I know he did those like hockey one-on-one videos yeah. last playoffs I believe yeah. it was so I the NHL has tried to involve him a little bit and I think they should keep doing it because he clearly had a great time he was great viewing like uh, I think people had fun watching him and um yeah, the Kings. They, the Kings also had like Thomas Middleditch on recently, so yeah. they. I mean, the on the, the on ice product has been touch and go, <laughs> but Game <laughs> but Ops has been trying yeah. their best to deliver. But all of the off ice stuff has been fans. delightful. Um, quick, very quickly speaking of Sidney Crosby, uh, there was that thing very recently where he, like, some fan was chirping him real hard in the penalty box. And apparently did such a good job that Sidney Crosby sent a stick out being like, ooh, cool it, but also good job. Uh, I, I right. appreciate you. And I appreciate that Sidney Crosby is the type of person who would get relentlessly chirped during a game from some like random uh, fan and then be like, you know what? Fair play. And give him a signed stick. Like that right. is... Yeah. extremely wonderful. I don't know. I, I just like it when guy, especially for a dude who probably gets chirped obviously all the time oh, yeah. because he has been the best for so oh, long. Yeah. So people always have something to say to him. So it's really cool that that person, it seemed like, was able to do it in a way that was intense and noticeable, but didn't do anything offensive to Sidney Crosby, yeah. really. Um, that they both had a good time. So that's awesome. I like uh, an interaction like that. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty great. Because every, everyone's got an opinion on Sidney Crosby, pretty much. So he's, I think, at this point. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. I think that is all from us. Uh, we will try to for real this time. Yes. <laughs> Not go a month before yes. recording again. <laughs> new new year, new uh, us. Until then, we got this. Yeah, please, please, please. Uh, the Kings can continue as they have been, but we will try to be better. <laughs> uh, until then, as always, be good to each other, take care of yourselves, and we will talk to you later, friends. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.